I like the sound of your own voices so much. I don't think I could do this. <laughs> I you are so correct. <laughs> you know how we were talking about how this is sort of like therapy? Like, I get so excited when I'm on my way over here, not just to like unload all of my bullshit, but to just talk like just hear myself talking watching you guys do it you can see it it's just like <laughs> the, the amount you laugh at your own jokes how comfortable you are on these it's just like oh they well, love it at least we have you here this yeah. week to laugh at your jokes now the tables have been turned somewhat because i have a strong suspicion that rebecca's story is going to be about me and in a cruel twist of fate i I'm the judge. So. Mm. Although they probably have prepared for this contingency during pillow talk or something. Oh, yeah, such because, because she is, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, your girlfriend. I don't think <laughs> that we want to put labels on it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Butterflies on the Wheel, where life's array of unsung bastards are finally held accountable for their actions. This week, for the first time ever, three of us will present a real-life person they have encountered who has been guilty of some form of mild twattishness. As this week's judge, I will decide who has presented the most convincing case, and the winner will have the right to compete again in next week's podcast. The offences we report here are all the more criminal because they are not recognised as crimes. But that stops with us. My name is Jack Gardner, and I have the pleasure of introducing Sebastian Hendra. Hello, everyone. I am delighted to announce the presence of Ragu Keshavan. Hello, hello. And Rebecca Vaughn is here as well. Thanks, Jack. Oh, <laughs> I thought that, I thought you were building up to it. Like I, I, oh. so did I, right? Yeah, I so know. Did I. And Rebecca Vaughn is sitting in the back. There's just a series of letdowns. It's like for yeah. Jack. Oh, Ragu, get ready for my story. <laughs> <mate. laughs> um, Rebecca Vaughn, it is. Oh, I just call you Rebecca. Um, it's very. It's great for you to be here. I'm so excited to be here. I think you should refer to her as Councillor Vaughn. While we're in this court. Your sex life will never be the same again. <laughs> we don't have a sex life. <laughs> As you say, Rebecca, you've been mentioned a lot on the podcast. And now you I get, have. We were, you were mentioned quite prominently on the Halloween episode, I seem to recall. Yes, I, I seem to recall that as well. And Think- Let us all recall <laughs> what occurred to Councillor Va. I kind of pushed you. Kind of? I believe Councillor Va. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag me too. Um, what, what, what happens if Rebecca wins? Let's if she wins, um, well then, I, no, I'll tell you what happens if we win. As the person who is most connected to you, I will have won. Oh, good. Win. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. See, so, I was going to go more like for, that. we've got to kick Jack off the podcast, yes. and then I take over. I thought that was where this was going. I've been waiting for a mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are simple. One, no more than three minutes for opening arguments, apart from if you're Sebastian, then do what the fuck you want. Two, the crime must be trivial. And three, the punishment must fit the crime. How are we going to do a coin toss? Do you have something with three sides? Oh. Twist. We have this helmet. Um, (laughs) Rebecca is our guest, I guess you get to call. Do you want the top of the helmet to land on the floor or the open side? This isn't exactly 50-50. Yeah, there are physics. I'm going to go the open side. Um, you were wrong. Shock. Um, Rebecca, do you want to go first? No, I don't. I would like to go last. Oh, Ooh. confident. Twist. Mm. Who would you like Twist to go first? Twist the tail. Since Ragu was the judge last time, I think he should go first. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually semi-prepared a story this time. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah <laughs> that someone's put effort into the podcast. Um, Settle down. <laughs> like I said, a job. <laughs> <laughs> right, so... I was going to do a more banal story this week about teenagers on public transport. Mm. But then I changed my mind because I was rooting through my emails earlier today. 
and I came across an article that I had sent myself to remind me about how bad it was because it had made <laughs> me so angry when I read it that when I found it again, it totally fucking like triggered me. Mm-hmm. Hashtag snowflake. It's an article written by a man called Alex Andreu, who is some form of theatre person in London, and immediately I'm I'm sympathising with Raghu because I fucking hate actors. And I mean, so I mean, the article is a pretty standard sort of tirade against Brexit and and the idea that he might have to acquire British citizenship. But yeah, so I mean, look, I get it. It's it's annoying that the rug has been pulled out from under all of these EU nationals who live here. You as well. Yeah. Rebecca. Rebecca is Danish. Is that not EU? Yeah. yeah, no, he's oh, okay. giving context oh, okay. to all yeah. many listeners. Sorry, I just, I just think that everything you say is like a challenge. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, with, with fair reason. Sustained. This is what he says when he's talking about how when he complains about having to get citizenship, he doesn't get as much sympathy as he'd like. So he says, I have also come across a peculiar lack of solidarity from some non-EU migrants. We had to go through this process, they say. Why shouldn't you? But there's no equivalence. You chose this country knowing those were the rules. That was the tacit bargain you struck. You knew precisely what documents to save, what income you had to show, and for how long, how many days out of every year you could be out of the country without adversely affecting your chances from the beginning. End quote. Now, there's a few things here that fucking piss me off. Right. One is that just the hil- historical illiteracy of all of this, <laughs> right? Like the fucking Windrush thing where like literal yeah. citizens have been deported. The fact that like a Pakistani village was submerged by the British making a dam there. So they offered a bunch of them jobs in England, yeah. um, which is not exactly fucking them choosing anything. Fair, um, fair though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair bargain. Fair bargain. We will drown your village. Would you like a job? Um... Oh, <laughs> oh, colonialism. <laughs> Those of you who have not yet died, please line up and you may get a job. A literally. supermarket. In England. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, a lot of that was induced so they, they, they could build the country up again after the war because everybody was dead because, you know, the Germans. All of all of these are super valid. What were you saying like, about historical lit- literacy? <laughs> what yeah, was don't... you saying about this being about... Trivial crimes? No, no, no. I'm coming to that. I'm coming to that. Okay, good. Because, you know, all of these are super valid objections. Don't look up the history. I haven't. Um, (laughs) What bothers me isn't that. What bothers me is that it's fucking impossible to actually tell what documents you need when you're applying for a visa to Europe. So he's just wrong on the basic thing where he says you know precisely what documents to save. You don't! No. You have no fucking clue. I've applied for a Schengen visa to like six countries. Each one of them, even though it's the same fucking visa and mm. you can go to any Schengen country if you get it from one, has different requirements. Mm. So sometimes you need bank statements for six months. Sometimes for three. Mm. Sometimes your bank needs to stamp the statements. Mm. Sometimes not. Sometimes you have to get an invitation from the police in that country, as in the example of Spain, <laughs> if you want to live with a friend. A letter from them is not enough. Well, Spain's police force is famously welcoming. Yes. <laughs> Hospitality second to none. Mi casa, su casa. <laughs> <laughs> the motto of this manager. Mi casa, su casa, get in the jail. Yeah, no tear gas when you want to be independent. In yeah, your don't run into your friend. That's it. That's, that's the only rule. Um, and also once, um, these guys sent me back home to get new photographs taken because I was wearing glasses in the photo I gave them, but not glasses in my passport. Mm which had never been a problem before. Mm. So for the absolute fucking ignorance of the documentary requirements for a non-EU <laughs> citizen to get a passport into the European Union, 
I condemn this man. Yes. Well, what I finally. like finally, Someone. finally, some politics. You know, <laughs> we've, been, we've just been doing mainly stuff about dicks and sex. Um, I know. I am out of my depth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I love that you are picking out the the little gem of triviality in this. I have an I have another point to make. Did you say this guy was a theatre writer? He's some kind of theatre personality. Oh, wow. Why is a theatre personality commenting on something he obviously and is not qualified man. to be talking about? This is stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. <laughs> this is exactly what part of the reason my hair. The other day, I, it was like third biggest story on BBC News. It was Brian Cranston talking about the Me Too movement. I'm like, hey man, stay in your fucking lane. One, not a woman. No. So fuck off. Yeah, Brian Cranston definitely not. Two. Not qualified. No, mm. not qualified. I think you could argue that stay in your lane is good advice. Is at the root of the Brexit fiasco, in general. I mean, the people of Britain should have stayed in, in their, their lane, lane. <laughs> and not yeah. been allowed to vote <laughs> on a subject that they barely understood the, ram- uh, the ramifi- ramifications of big words. So stay in your lane, I think, is a big, big insight here. Yeah. yeah. No, I think so. Yes, Sebastian, I hope you followed that up with something incredibly banal and trivial. I think I can come through on that. Um, (laughs) Today, I would like to bring us back to the incredibly trivial world of cycling. As usual, I will begin with a defense of my character. (laughs) Now, the court will accept... Um, As usual, I will begin... With a defense of my character, t-shirts now available on our website. <laughs> oh, we gotta do that. <laughs> now the court will accept, as Exhibit A, the age-old saying, Nobody's perfect. But I like to think I come pretty close. <laughs> I'm well-educated. My skin has cleared up since I was 24, three years ago. And I'm fairly good company, provided I've been plied with enough red wine. Objection. Sustained. I was also raised Catholic, so I have a pretty strong sense of right and wrong. Except like any Catholic in the bedroom. (laughs) So it stuns me, really stuns me, when I'm out and about going for a jog or reading scripture under a tree, and I notice a trivial crime in action. And so it was t'other day, my friends, when I emerged from the Virgin Active Gym in Islington to discover that some little snot-nosed punk had stolen the miserably cheap lights off my extremely expensive bicycle. Now, as I said, I believe deeply in the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Do unto others as you would have your servants do unto you. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) But this was too much. I lifted my arms and looked up to the heavens and asked my Lord straight to his heavenly face, Why? Why? Is this a test of some kind? Is this, is this, am I Job in the story of Job? Am I Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt? Why, Lord? I just can't fathom why anyone in their right minds, especially in the wealthy borough of Islington, would waltz up to a bicycle and rip my gorgeous little lights from their snug spot on the handlebars. And at like 4 p.m. in front of all of the CCTVs and the little elf people whom I presu- who I presume are monitoring them. Would the elf people who live in the cameras? The elf people, yes, they live there. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> now, as I was mid-prayer, a fellow gym goer walks up to the bike rack I'm at and starts unlocking his own bike on the other side. He sees me shaking my head, smirking slightly at the injustice of it all, and offers me and offers me the very British greeting, All right, mate. 
which I, in my Americanness, interpreted as, are you all right? And so I responded, yeah, it's just that some little shithead stole my bike lights while I was inside. To which he replied, oh, well, at least they didn't steal the bike. Before he pulled his own bike free and pedaled off with a huge grin on his face. Not to mention the two securely fastened bike lights feeling the sweet winds of freedom on their own plastic faces. At least they didn't steal the bike. Hmm. (laughs) At least they didn't steal the bike. Well, actually, the very least they could have done was not steal anything at all, you loose moral Protestant. (laughs) The very least they could have done would have been to just jog the fuck on and leave my goddamn bike lights where I goddamn well left them after I paid ten goddamn pounds for them. That actually, sir, is the least they could have done. So for the heinous crime of suggesting that I shouldn't feel that bad that someone effectively endangered my life by removing the only chance I have to keep gigantic double-decker buses from mowing me down, I condemn the anonymous 40-year-old virgin active asshole before the court judge and jury. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm so glad. Finally, someone's gone biblical. Yeah, we've got got religion and politics. Like, it's a double whammy. Yeah. Rebecca, you're you're in a tough spot coming up. What, on religion? I'm not sure I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, I love the fact that you've reopened the schism between Catholic, Catholics and Protestants. Um, uh, it's been open. I, I, it's I, I been open. I'm, I'm glad that you've got, gone done put your finger in there. <laughs> I, feel, um, I feel like you should nail the 95 theses to the Virgin Active Jim door. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a Protestant, so I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Why are you listening? Sorry, I just learned about the 95 theses. I want people to know I'm smart. How's it going? <laughs> not great. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. The trivial crime is not the theft, it's the cunt who... Well, that's... that's uh, I, I agree with you. That was one of my points. Sorry. Because that's a crime. That's yeah, that trivial. is a genuine crime. Mm. But Which, that's not what he's presenting. I thought it would be a trivial crime until I, I realized it is a crime in, the, in a court of law. I could take him to a court... I assume it's a him. It's probably not a female. Um, Rebecca, how do you feel? Not good. You feel, <laughs> you feel offended. Women can be... We can steal bike bike lights. <laughs> but would you? Whenever we want. <laughs> but would you when you're busy preparing dinner? And also, oh! you'd need the help of a man. <laughs> no, JK, JK, JK. Rebecca, please stop looking at me oh, like that. <laughs> no, no, I accept the objection. It is su- sustained. Um, the Virgin Active is actually right next to a school. So mm. I imagine that this was a little gang of multi-gendered Maybe miscreants. maybe non-binary yeah. miscreants, miscreants yeah. Um, who I and you know when you're in a gang you get initiated and you have to do things mm. like steal bike lights. I'm I'm glad you've recalled your I know experience from of personal Catholic being... gang experience. Exactly, yeah, pretty hard. The crime obviously is insinuating that I should be counting my lucky stars that these yeah. little rats yeah. didn't steal my expensive bicycle. You know what? I would have been happy if they stole the bicycle along with the lights. Well, okay, not happy. But I would have been, <laughs> I would have understood, I would have been able to sociopathically empathize with their mission. But instead, they've just, they, they were just there to to prove that they could do wrong, you know? <laughs> and that's what gangs do. They just do senseless wrong yeah. just to prove that they can. That's, that's the thrill of it all. <laughs> God damn it. You're in the game. <laughs> Should we just finish it there? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> Rebecca. You're only making it worse for yourself. <laughs> Can I just say, just before this story starts... Um, no, no, you don't get to defend yourself before she's yeah, had her... No, say, no, you do not get to begin as usual with a defensive <laughs> character. No. Rebecca. 
Yes. So, as I'm sure everybody in this room can imagine, and everybody who's ever listened to this podcast, it wasn't hard to find a story mm. about Jack. You're fucking oh, loving this. Oh, he's, I really am. He's riddled with triviality. <laughs> the worst part about it was actually that, that when I was writing it, it reminded me of how annoyed I got at him. So I just had to like, wow, actually, use that. Podcast. It's fine. September 2017. Q Jack. I've got a surprise for you on the 3rd of February. Mm-hmm. Cue my eyes rolling. Yeah, you're gonna take me to see a Man United game. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's re- it really, really isn't. And as a way to prove that he's actually come up with something that I would in fact enjoy, he sets up a game where on the third of every month he gives me a clue as to what we're gonna be doing in February. It's pretty cute. Right? I wanna play. Yeah, that sounds like a <laughs> All fun right. game. Should we play? Third of October. First clue. You have to bring your passport. Ooh, Ooh. Intriguing. Fancy. Second clue. You have to wrap up warm. Now this suggests I might be exposed to the elements, so it could be something outdoorsy. Third clue. This time he's gotten so crafty that he's made up a riddle, which goes, a connection to theater, a connection to dance, a connection to home, a connection to France. (laughs) What does that even mean? But after a few days, my mind starts to wander. I begin to let myself start thinking. Well, if it's, connected to both theatre and dance, well then maybe it's the ballet? In France? In France, maybe. Passport makes sense. In Paris? Yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So, I consult with an expert in the ways of men. My mum. We agree, it must be Paris. It must be an incredibly romantic, thoughtful, well-planned to the extent that there is an itinerary weekend holiday in Paris. Guys, isn't my boyfriend the best? Isn't he the best? I literally hate you. (laughs) This is so tragic. (laughs) Good. Excitement builds. January feels like the longest month in the world, but finally the day arrives. The day that we've both been waiting a solid five months for. We're going to Paris. We head out the door for the station and Jack throws a package at me. The final clue. And lo and behold, what do I unpack? But a size large Rashford... Number 19, Man United jersey. Glory, glory, glory. <laughs> We're going to see Man United. Why did you need your passport to go to Manchester? Because there's, there's you, need, you need... <laughs> You're such a piece no, of shit. No, it wasn't a red herring. You need your ID w- along with your membership to get into the stadium. You don't. <laughs> it was a red herring. You're an asshole. <laughs> this makes this so much worse. That much is clear. Right, it's so true. we're going to watch Man United. I laugh. I brush it off. Of course, Jack isn't going to take me to Paris. Obviously not. How could I be so silly? But it's fine. It's fine. No, no, really. It's it's so fine. I'm fine. It's not a big deal at all that you purposefully misled me. And let me guess that we would be going to Paris. And no, our relationship is not in mortal danger. It's so fine. It's fine. This is not even the crime, guys. What? Yeah, it's not trivial at all. (laughs) It's deeply wounding. (laughs) This is devastating. I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) If you don't, I am. Okay. So, we board the train to Manchester. So far, so good. It's going to be a great day. And by that point, I genuinely do believe that. It's a surprise that he's planned for me. It's a really nice thing. It's not too bad a train journey, and thoughts of Paris are totally forgotten. Totally. Not by me. (laughs) Not totally. We're still thinking about it now. So, But something starts to feel a little bit fishy. 
It's about 10 minutes until we're due to arrive and Jack starts to liberate, right? So I definitely think it would be best if we take a taxi to the stadium. It would be the easiest thing. Okay, honey, it's your surprise, up to you. <laughs> Five minutes away. Although, to be fair, there is a metro or probably a bus that goes straight out to the stadium. So we could also take that. Would probably be so much cheaper. Okay, sweetie, I'm happy to take whatever as long as you know how to get us there. This is a domestic trip and you're this neurotic. <laughs> oh my god, you have no I can't idea. imagine traveling with you anywhere. We, um, we get to the terminal. Now this is that moment where Jack's self-diagnosed ADHD starts to really set in. So, self-diagnosed and by everybody who fucking knows me. Yes, me included. Not crucially um, by your doctor parents. <laughs> so we're at the station and Jack is literally rushing all over the place. He can't make up his mind either way about how we're meant to be finding this stadium. Taxi. Bus. No metro. No, 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 no. We should get a taxi. No, actually, no, the metro. No, the bus. No, finally. Okay, let's just take the metro. All the while, he's constantly asking me for my opinion on what the next step should be. Um, I don't know, buddy. You're meant to be surprising me. And suddenly, he just stops to ask for directions. And once he's been given them, he jets off. I'm literally running behind him. We rush and we rush and finally approach the metro platform. And as we arrive, we see there's a train waiting on the track, just about ready to pull out. Jack sees it's the one for Old Trafford and legs it. Again, absolutely no notice given to me whatsoever. I try to keep up. I try to push the crowds of rowdy football fans out of my path, but no. The beeps sound. The doors shut, and on one side of them is Jack Gardner, and on the other, me. So there I'm stood, alone, on a platform at Manchester Piccadilly Station, a place that, one, is decidedly not Paris. <laughs> and two, I have never been to before and had no preparations for visiting. Staring at my boyfriend through the glass of those closed tram doors, I physically ball up my fists in anger. Because who on earth only plans a surprise so far as to buy the tickets for the event we're going to and forgets to make sure that the woman he is surprising has actually made it onto the train with him? <laughs> you had Five months. So, the trivial crime for which I hereby wish to persecute Jack Gardner is simply for the crime of honestly terrible planning of a surprise. Ooh. God damning. A couple of points. Uh, <laughs> first, firstly, the um, so so the tram that I got on um, was full of football fans who had all had a couple of drinks, and I got the absolute shit ripped out of me by literally <laughs> everybody on that coach. They all started sh- like singing, like sort of like she's leaving you and all this kind of stuff. And um, you're getting sacked in the morning. Rightfully, <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah, um, and, and a, lot of, a, a couple of. Uh, Particularly drunk people made references to uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet oh. in the fish tank. <laughs> I was looking at you through the window, just like, oh fuck. Except you're the only one who dies at the end of this. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do question the I do question the triviality because you're right. It's five months of planning. Like his little squirrel brain couldn't <laughs> figure it out for one train ride to one stadium. Actually, yeah. that does sound trivial now that I say it. <laughs> yes, it, is. it is trivial. But that's, I would be so angry. No, trust me, I was. That's the thing. The, 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 I would go to Paris. <laughs> I would just leave. <laughs> I think the proportion of triviality to anger in this is so high. I can imagine the rage. Yeah. Just massive. But the triviality, 
also quite high. Like because it, it is trivial. It just, you yeah. just get the next train. It's yeah. just about planning. Yeah, it just the gets, next step of yeah. the journey. It's just was, the inordinate amounts of stress, the completely unnecessary amounts of stress. Yeah. To be honest. I was really hoping that Rebecca was going to plump for one of the many stories that I could sort of come back at, but this is one that I do genuinely feel quite a lot of shame for, um, because because I did deliberately a lot of all of the clues that I gave her were red herrings and thought that this was a really really funny idea. <laughs> Until she actually, she got it. She thought, I'm going to the ballet in Paris. And I was like, bam, yes. Fuck, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Why have I done that? Why have I done that? Why That's the worst that? thing I could possibly fucking do. I genuinely couldn't understand why you'd done that. Um, <laughs> has, yeah. he, has he taken you to the ballet in Paris since? No, but both of our mums are adamant that he really should. No, what do you mean the mum? Everybody what, thinks he should. Know, like... To be fair, Rebecca, what are we doing next month? Where am I taking you? Hopefully he won't leave you on the fucking platform this time. Well, no, this time I know that we're going, Raku, so I will meticulously second on this trip. No, so you will engineer leaving him behind this time. But it will be very planned. I see why you guys enjoy this so much. I feel so much better. You look younger. It's amazing. You look younger and healthier. Stop digging. Just like ruining yourself. I really wish you were younger. <laughs> Punishments. Ragu. I thought about like introducing this man to some kind of hellish bureaucratic sort of nightmare once Brexit is done. Mm-hmm. But actually, I looked him up and I realized he was born in Greece. And I think... Punishment be, enough, some would say. What would be hilarious is that once Brexit was done, he goes through this process of applying for citizenship and all of that shit. But then he finds out that he's actually related to the royal family because the queen married a Greek. So he already has So he already has it. <laughs> I love that. That's elegant. Sebastian? As the court knows, I have developed a reputation for uh, maiming people. That's the gathol in you. Yeah, so I mean, I just, I want to give the people what they want yeah. today. And um, in keeping with my knowledge of the Bible and how they punish people, an eye for an eye, etc. Um, I condemn this uh, virgin active asshole to crucifixion. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed to a cross and left to die. Pre <laughs> workout as well, so he looks like shit. <laughs> My darling, soon to be ex girlfriend Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually going to be breaking form here. I thought you were going to do yeah, something breaking I up. Like, I was like, oh, oh my no. god, <laughs> What a forum. Yeah. What a forum. Especially that... because you would have to edit this. Yeah. <laughs> Just weeping. Right? You hear it over and over again. No. No. Oh. That would be an amazing punishment. <laughs> <laughs> It would be funny. No, I'm but... actually leaving. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> no, okay. I'm breaking form here because I, I've already done so by being on the podcast. There's now three instead of two. Um, but also, the judge sitting before me would never choose me as a winner and would therefore never allow any punishment that I presented to come to fruition. So in fact, your punishment is not one that you can dish out, but one that I can dish out by making... Every day of your life, a living hell. <laughs> well, you started a long fucking time ago, let me tell you that. It seemed to start before this whole debacle of a trip occurred. That is terrifying. Oh my God, that is so I just good. got chilled. Yeah, that, that is so I've never, good. I never noticed your eyes were entirely black before. <laughs> 
That was like the end of an American Horror Story yeah. season. Like, um, Ragu, you have fallen victim to your own success, in my opinion. Mm. Your punishments usually were high quality. wasn't wasn't as good, in my opinion. Maybe. So, I mean, I just thought like being born of Prince Philip is like pretty fuck. You didn't make it clear. What do you mean I didn't make it clear? Which other Greek is the Queen married? You fucking idiot. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you should have. I, sh- I didn't know that. You should have tailored <laughs> your. You should have tailored your punishment to my intellectual level, which, as we know, is single-digit IQ. So, for that reason, bye-bye. Know your audience. Know your audience. Know your judge. That leaves me with Sebastian and uh, Rebecca. Rebecca, Rebecca, isn't it? Becky. Becky. Um, Rebecca, my darling, I'm afraid, I have to say, that... Don't look at me with your puppy dog eyes. <laughs> In your enjoyment of ripping your shit out of me, you did kind of go on for about seven minutes. <laughs> oh my god, you're not going to do this on a technicality. Oh my god, he's doing a technicality. Well, I don't care. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> oh my god, this is really difficult. I'm trying to do it on a technicality so that, it, uh, so that it's not... So that you don't have to judge the content. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you think my story was bad? Is that no, I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to escape. Would it have been better if she were younger? Rebecca, I think, to be honest, on any other day, you'd have won. But I just was very thoroughly tickled by Mr. Sebastian Hendra's uh, story, by his punishment. Sebastian Hendra is the winner. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I agree. Um, (laughs) I mean, I profoundly disagree. You guys just didn't understand my punishment. Your stupidity is standing in my success. But if a lawyer... So if a lawyer comes forward and... and Provides a incomprehensible argument to half the jury... I said he was Greek... And that he was born, and that he found out that he was related to the royal family. I don't know. The only Greek. You're the English. I know. In this group. As an English, I mean, you talked about Brexit. That's the entire group of British people making decisions based on on their ignorance. No, you're right. It's my fault. I should have thought thought less of the English. Rebecca, have you enjoyed your time here? I I genuinely feel lighter and happier and... I feel like I might start getting therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Following this session. Following on from last week, we are going to present a a angel butterfly, someone who has done good in our opinion. Our limited vision. Our limited vision. Um, And this week, I want to present um, Barney, Barney Sharrett, who drew an absolutely fantastic um, cartoon of us, a visualisation of us, of our podcast. Um, Completely un... Prompted. Unprompted. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Check it out on our Instagram page at Butterflies Podcast. Um, and it's a true act of kindness, and it just made me feel really, really, really good about. Yeah. About truly, myself. truly Christian act. Yeah. And I, I look well fit in it. Yeah, I look best. Thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends. Please like, leave us a review on iTunes. If you want to follow us on Instagram? That's Butterflies podcast if you want to follow us on twitter that's butterflies pod and if you want to write in a story for us to tell on a future podcast please email us at butterflies at gmail.com rebecca thank you so much for being here sebastian ragu continue to hate you guys thank you councillor vile it was an honor it was an honor Aww. i i really enjoyed yourself. i thought you should have won thanks ragu jesus <laughs> <laughs> i like this one <laughs> bye